This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We are once again learning Rus uh, with the Pirish Nachos Yosef. Um, we spoke about who that person was and why we treasure that Pirish so much. We started the second Perik and we had seen the beginning of it. And let's just recap one point that's important for us. The first Perik was dealt with the family of Elimelech leaving, dying, um, Naomi making her way back with Rus. And now Perik Bez deals with them settling in Eretz Yisrael. It starts off with a introductory uh, Pasek. Naomi had a relative, an acquaintance, who was a very, very important person of Elimelech's family. His name was Boaz. Uh, Boaz was the leader of Kali Yisrael. That's all that it says right now. And now we're holding by Pasek Beis. Vatome Rusamovia. Rusamovia told Naomi, Elchana Sade, Valakta Vishibolim. I'm going to go to the field and I'm going to collect um, stalks of wheat. This was of the Leket Shekhapeya. This was of the things that have to be left over in order to um, allow for poor people to pick. Basically, she's going to become a, um, a woman collecting charity and not in particularly dignified circumstances. It's standing in the field and sort of um, waiting with all the other poor people, with the whole pack to jump on the sheaves as they fall, and so on. So Naomi approved and said, "Go, my daughter." So um, the the Chazal say over here. Now, now we'll go to Nachas Yosef. He's quoting Chazal. They would decide. They were trying to think of what. Parnassa, how do they support themselves? Two single women who have no means of support, how are they going to support themselves? So Chazal in Medrizuta say on this Pasik, she would go and bring every day or she whatever they needed to eat. Um, being careful not to fall on the bad influence. And not to depend on other people. So the first thing is they're thinking about it. And they are making a decision that what are the important things to be wary of. First thing is to make sure that, you know, in in this situation, you're vulnerable. And you're not going to let yourself get caught up with people and activities that you shouldn't. Um, so the first thing is not to understand that a person who is desperate for a loaf of bread will do things that they shouldn't do, and that's the first thing. But now the question is, they had a, they had a much easier way to go about it. The introduction to the parsha is that they had this cousin, who an acquaintance who knew them, related to them, and he was very wealthy and very powerful. Could they not have go, gone to him and said, listen, we're in dire straits, would you support us? 
It's almost as if the, the, the two, the juxtaposition of these two psukim uh, uh, seem to beg the question. Um, certainly would have helped them. So it says, and this, this is what it seems to say, the second leg of what was important to them was that they should not a need to come on to people, the, um, and and he, he, it, it, the um, this decision is what Chazal expressed for Lotet Storch Librios. It's reminiscent of a Chazal that says that when the pigeon, when the Yona was sent out from the Teva, she came back with a bitter leaf. And that was a sign that there was life outside, and it's important they could go back. Omri Yonah Fakadshprochu, the pigeon said in front, the dove said in front, Kadshprochu Bajam, Yimizanay say Merurim Kizayas Umisurim Biyatcha. I'd rather that my food be as bitter as an olive, but from you, by you misukin kidvasrim de wasadam. But they should not be sweet and pleasant, but given through people. So. There was a reluctance here, tremendous reluctance to take from people, and they'd rather uh, take it from um, from Tzedaka. So let's ask ourselves, what's the logic behind it? Um, there is a natural desire that a person does not want to depend on charity, that a person wants to own his own, wants to make his own way, that the person wants to earn his living. The Bria is based on that. It's called Nahamad Kisufa, that Karish who wants us to earn our own Haba and not get it gratis. And that's a very, very basic instinct. But over here, they're getting charity. They're not working for it. They're basically standing out in the field and getting a handout. So if we ask ourselves, given the choice of standing in a long line of all sorts of wretched people, um, grabbing and tussling to, to get the, um, uh, the, the few sheaves of wheat, <coughs> or to actually um, ask him, please, could you give it to us on the side? Um, why, why wouldn't that have been better? They're not earning their way, they're getting charity. So I think the answer lies on two levels. First of all, when a person relies on another person, subconsciously, you begin to bend your values to fit that person's um, beliefs and whatever it is. Some people, it's you know, psychopaths. They'll they'll immediately stand and just and and sort of yeah, of course you're right, you're 100 right, and so on and so forth. That's that's. The truth is, in many ways, that's more truthful because these people know they're lying, and they—that's just the way they do it. They—they—they they, they, they sort of lie and to be able to get what they want. But a person who's not going that route, but you still—if—if—if if, if his belief is X, Y, or Z, and I know that my prognosis comes through him, then then I bend it that way, whether I realize it or not. There's a story that, like in in Israel pre-war. Yes, um, the, the Dr. Weitzman, as head of the Zionist movement, wanted to um, 
to, to try to create a central, some sort of central, not government as much as agency that will oversee and overlook and take care of everything. And one of his, one of those um, important institutions was the education institutions. He gathered the um, the Rabbanim, the, the Haredi Rabbanim, who were outside of the Zionist movement and sat with them and said, I would like to take responsibility for supporting Yochadarim and I give you my word that I will not tell you what to do. And one of the Rabbanim, Rabbi Werner, told him, Dr. Weitzman, if you support us, we're going to ask you what to do. You're not going to have to tell us. Because instinctively, a person, Yoda Shorkanehu, the, the axe knows who owns it, the Chamor Evazbalov. And the, and the donkey recognizes the trough that it's eating from. So the person will actually um, sort of acknowledge that. That's one. Two, even if that person is a tzaddik and it's wonderful and so on, I tend to phase a Baruch Hu out of the picture. When I'm getting it from a person, and the person is the one who is very, very strongly responsible for it, my sense is he's giving Parnassah. Yes, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is helping, it's only because HaKadosh Baruch Hu and so on and so forth, but at the end of the day, I begin to place my faith and trust in the person. Um, you, you sometimes witness people who are, in, you know, they're collecting stuckers, institutions, and they come to a wealthy man, and the wealthy man refuses to help or whatever it is. The people begin to get upset, and they start telling him this, that, the other thing, and HaKadosh Baruch has many other ways to give it, this, that, you're upset at the guy. You're not honestly kind of, you know, you don't care less. You care very, very, very much because you wouldn't be so upset if, if you didn't care. So taking from people makes you, makes your sense of attachment to Baruch different. When you get like at Sheikh it may be very, very undignified, but it's straight from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Torah said to leave this for people, and, and that's what you're doing. Um, he brings over here a, a um, uh, he brings a pasik that the, it, it says in Micha that about Mashiach he will not hope to man and will not place his faith in humanity in other words Melech Mashiach is somebody who's beholden to Hashem and only Hashem I want to bring this in from in from a halacha, it it says that there anyone who does a, a, an, an avera, a certain type of averas, has to bring a carbon if it's beshoge. That's halacha across the board. There's also a halacha. There are th- three exceptions to this halacha as far as what they bring. One of them is uh, a bezdin a gadol who ruled. One of them is a Kohen Gadol, and one of them is a Nasi. A Nasi does not mean a president. A Nasi means a king. And it says um, that that uh, the, the, the halachic description of... Uh, a, a Nasi doesn't mean a king per se. A Nasi means the person who is uh, elevated most on high... However, you want to describe that—that that, that the word nasi means uh, big, important, and so on. 
and uh, the uh, the one who is uh, uh, who fits that description happens to be uh, a king. That's how it works. So the, the the Rambam it's it's a Mishnah, but the Rambam sharpens the definition. Why is a king called a nasi? And the, he says a nasi is defined as somebody who has no nobody on top of him. He's only the only one who rules over him is Hashem. Rus is the basis. She she's the one who who puts down the cornerstone for the future monarchy in Kaisal, for royalty. The definition of that monarchy is someone who's beholden to no one but Akashparhu. It takes it's it's the training at the very root that I don't want to be position. And it, it's not it, 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 even a king. Let's let's take an example of what we have today in current in politics. Um, today we have a president. President of the United States is a very, very, very powerful person. But he's always looking at the polls to see what the people want. So the person is not really ruling over the people. People are ruling over him. <clears throat> Technically, he's carrying out what he thinks will make him popular. But he is not there to realize his ideals and values. He's there to, um, A, for the purpose of actually helping the people do it, and, and he's bound to them. In order to build this dynasty of Malchus, she, a very, very fundamental trait of hers is that she accepts no one. She wants no one on top of her other than Akadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, getting the Parnassah through Akadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, even if it means you can't do it on your own, is still something that's preferable. Then he says over here, they had a, um, they they had uh, a, a some sort of issue. Who should go? You really need only one woman to go: Naomi or uh, Rus. Rus was much more vulnerable, and uh, she was someone. She was young. She was attractive, but for Naomi it would have been a lot more crushing. And therefore, it says, she made a decision, I'll go. And when Naomi consented, and she said, he says, she's using the word biti, my daughter. In other words, the reason I'm consenting is not because, you know, you're only my daughter-in-law, and therefore, I don't care much about your vulnerability. But, I have the same love for you and care as if I have for my daughter. And I'm telling you with that same sense of responsibility, yes, I think that's the right thing. Then it says in the Pasuk, V'telech v'tovo v'telakit v'sodach ha'kotzim. V'yikem ikre achalk z'asar l'boas asher v'mishpach z'almel. She went and came and picked in the field behind the people who harvested the wheat. So, Vatelo Vatovo, the word Vatovo here really, really is jarring. She went and came back and she picked in the field. No, she went and picked in the field. What is Vatovo? She came and arrived there, and arrived, came back. What does that mean? So, Chazal say, 
she began mapping out the roads so that she know how to go and come back. What's the point of this? What are Chazal trying to tell us with this? This mapping, this whole system, this 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 marking the going in, marking the going out. So I think Chazal are trying to say, are trying to tell us the following. I want to use a word from a very big person. His name is Ermatel Pargomansky. He was a um, one of the great figures in the Olam Yeshivas of pre-war Europe. He was in Tels and Slabotka. He's a giant, um, brilliant beyond words, tremendous Balmusa, very insightful person. And um, he lived through the war and miraculously was saved. After the war, he spent five years in Paris. And that's where a lot of people were sort of found themselves. And he died. Unfortunately, he was married for a year, died. Um, he was uh, a, a great figure we were not so good to have more of. At any rate, when he was in Paris, he was scheduled to go to a bris with the Mohel together. They got on the metro, on the subway, and the Mohel uh, was, and they got sat down, they got lost in learning, I guess, or he got lost in learning, whatever it is, they got off in the wrong stop. They got off in the wrong stop, and they walk out of the, on the metro station, and, well, there's nothing recognizable. They didn't know French. And this, the mall turns to Reb Mottl and he says, we are lost. And Reb Mottl told him the following. He said, it says by Hagar that when she went off to the desert, it says, she went and wandered in the Midbar, Patez means wandered, lost, so to speak. So Rashi brings Chazal Melamed Shechazra Legilule Aviyah. This teaches us that she returned to becoming an Avodah because Maset Tatuim means Avodah and here it says Vatez, a very, very similar word. So Ramatul asks, how did Chazal, how does Rashi know that she went to worship Avodah I mean, the word is somewhat similar. So he said, a Jew is never lost. The, the idea that you're lost means it's possible for you to be disconnected. Um, if, if the powers that may be don't notice you, are not around to see you, have lost interest in you, have given up on you, or whatever, you are lost. In Avodazar, that's possible. In Hashem, it's not possible. A Jew is never lost. Let's give a, like a, 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 an analogy. Imagine somebody is training for a crack unit, like the, the top unit in the army. And one of the exercises they do is they parachute you down to a nowhere's place. And you have to find um, your way. And, and uh, you know... Uh, and and uh, fend for yourself and get a sense of where you are and find your way back to uh, a civilization, base, whatever it is. So a person finds himself parachuted down into who knows where. He's not lost. He's he's given. He's in a place in a very very in, in a very clear in a very clear designated place. He has a very challenging task of getting to another place. 
but there is an infinite universe between being lost or being put in a place where the road is very challenging. And that's what he said. He said, a Jew is never lost. We've now been put here. This is now where we're supposed to go. Rus and Naomi were lost nominally. They had come back total strangers to an environment that didn't particularly care for them. We've spoken about this many times, that they had plenty of reasons to have difficult, harsh feelings towards them. And they basically had no way to fend for themselves. They were lost souls, but they were not lost souls. They, they mapped out how they're going, where they're going, what they're doing, how they're getting there. They took control of the situation. Um, so mapping out something, how are they going, where are they going, and how are they coming back? They should not get lost in the roads. That means a control over a situation. So Vatelech Vatovo means they didn't wander in and wander out. They mapped out a road to go and mapped out a road to come back. And I want to add something. Even if the road turns out to be different, so you recalculate. It, 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 nothing will be exactly where you plan it to be. But if you can, ca- if, if you're on top of it, it you, you're king. And if you lost, you lost in it. It says, "Vatilaket basada shelokar akadeshir leket shtei shibolam leketas shalosh ein leketas." She picked in the field what she needed to take. This is a tremendous nisayon, tremendous test for um, for a person who is really, really scrambling for the for the bare minimum. You're, you're in a very wealthy man's field, and um, you know, Akash Baruch said you can take if they drop two sheep, you can take it. Three sheep, you can't take it. And and you, and you say to yourself, this person is living in a Taj Mahal. This person has. Everything and anything all the time. I'm a poor person standing in the sun scrambling. So is it does it make a difference after three sheaves? The Hatarim come out hard and fast. He's probably Michael, it's probably Hefke, probably did it deliberately, probably wants me to have it. It looks like two, it's probably two, it, it only looks like three. I, I can I, I can think of a thousand and one Hatarium that will pop in your head because of the situation. And that's part of not being lost. A person who is in a uh, situation where he knows what he's doing and is in control of himself, is in control of himself here also. It's as if he'd be a fabulously wealthy person and he's looking for the right esoteric. He doesn't say, okay, this is good enough. This is what I'm supposed to do and get, and that's what the person does and gets. Um, So she was very careful in what she picked. Achra Koisrim. She tried very hard to um, to stand out of sight of the people who harvested. They would all schmooze and sort of kange together. All the women would sort of stand around and joke around with the people harvesting. And she sort of hid herself. She kept herself, um, you know, bit sneers. This is very much a continuation of what we spoke about before. When a person is, is as I'm walking behind these people that are cutting the field, 
cutting the wheat in the field, they're harvesting. And you know, if they if with a flick of the wrist he cuts a bit more, he cuts a bit less, leaves more, leaves less. He kind of is up to him. If I look at it that way and I see him as being the source of my parnasa, then it's just natural for me to try my best to sort of get him interested. Subconsciously, I, I try to make a good impression on him because he's my boss. He's the one who can give more or less, and I play to it. A person who understands that this person is only a shliach, and my getting has nothing to do with this person, even if it looks like it does have to do, so I can keep my dignity. I don't, I don't compromise my dignity because I know that it's not even up to him. It's not only that I think it's up to him, but still my dignity is more important. I don't even think it's up to him. So all of them would try to push themselves, sort of, you know, give themselves uh, frontage, kind of, uh, you know, and that way get more. And she stood behind doing what she's supposed to do, and that's it. She's there for for, for job. The, the stuff that falls is Yad Hashem, and, and that's what she, she she's there for. Um, it says about Shlomo Melech, the Besov Molech al-Maklo. First he was Molech and Kol Yisrael, Kol Olam, then Yisrael, then Shalayim, and finally he was Molech al-Maklo. He ruled over his stick, his walking stick. The only thing he had left was a walking stick, a staff. So, the Pshat is that Molech al-Maklo means it's derogatory. It's like saying, well, he used to be king over millions of people, and now only a piece of wood. It's kind of a very diminutive type of uh, description. But, but on a deeper level, it is, um, it, it is an extraordinary description of greatness. A person walking with a stick, with a staff, and that's all he has left, can be broken. He's not a king anymore. He's not in control of himself, not in control of what he does, not in control of anything, just sort of schlepped along. Shlomo, in his most difficult situation, was Malach al-Maklo. He was a king on his staff. Yes, he decided where to walk, when to walk, what to do, um, and, and so on and so forth. And it says, it happened to be that the field that fell in, you know, that she, that she happened to chance upon was the field that belongs to Boaz. Chazal say that nothing happens to a person down here um, that doesn't happen up there. And this is, so, so let's describe this Boaz. The word Mikra has taken a bad rap. Um, we speak about a Molech, a Shekar Chabaderech, the Lashon is Mikra, Mikra means by chance. We use the word coincidence as a very, very um, as as a term that's that that it's it's a diminutive. It's it's telling me, yeah, there's nothing behind it. All it is is coincidence. That's how we use the word coincidence. And mikra, as such, is seen as a picarsis, writing off something as mikra. Um, many many. Um, uh, expressions of that in, in Sfarim and so on, that Mikra is um, very bad. But if we think about it, 
Mikra is, and, and this is the point that he's going to make here, is, is in the most extraordinary expression that we have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and let's talk about it. Um, there are, there is a world HaKadosh Baruch Hu created that is called the natural world. The natural world means it's a world that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants out of it is that from after creation onwards, it have its own dynamic and it run on its own without need or recourse for outside interference. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. Um, we do not say a brach, a, a tefillah in the morning, you rots and gravity should work well this morning or else all my furniture is going to float away. You rots and the sun should, should come uh, uh, and, and so on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a Bria that is self-sustaining because he created as such. And that's the world of Teva. And we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world of Teva only as the one who brought it into being. Who is the one that designed this incredible machine? That is self-sustaining. Um, a, a Just like if I have a, a, a computer that doesn't need to be recharged very often, that's not I, 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 less of workmanship than the computer has to be charged every three hours. It's because the person who designed the battery did a phenomenal job. The person who designed the circuitry to use, to be miserly on its use of electricity, did a remarkable job. So I look at Hashem as creator in the world. That's how we're going to in the world. There's another world called the world of Nisim. The world of Nisim, of miracles, is a world apart from our world. And when it happens to come into our world... It's, it's an interference. It's an override of one system and another. I can never say that the Nisim are within this world. The Nisim always exist outside this world. They don't fit into anything in this world. And I don't see a real Yad Hashem in this world. I see Yad Hashem beyond this world. I know there's a, a God and there is a universe, let's call it, where everything is His will at any time. And occasionally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu overrides our world with that world. But our world is still a world that's self-sustaining, and occasionally HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses to override it. So I have two interactions with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and both these interactions have not yet given me the fullness of, of, of Emuna, of, of, of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it. There's one more type of Emuna. Uh, of demonstration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says that a Machunisa, Machun Astra, Akiva, what has HaKadosh Baruch Hu been doing from the first, from creation onwards? Once he finished creation, what is he doing? And the answer was, Rabbi Kiva said, he makes Shidduchim. Very, very strange, I mean, a very strange conversation. Like, what does this matron want to know? I mean, if God is unemployed? I mean, what, what is she worried about? That Hashem's retired? If she want to know where, where the retirement village of, of Hashem is? What, what does she want? What is the Kodesh Baruch doing after creation? What exactly does that question mean? And even if, even if it was a stupid woman with a stupid question, Chazal wouldn't bother to bring it. The, the, the Chazal bring it in, in, in because they consider this question to be a very appropriate, a, a very appropriate question. And what does Rabbi Kiva's answer? He makes Shidduchim. The answer is, in this world, the way we have it in the world of nature, no element is 
anything other than a self-perpetuating system. But Akarish Baruch who brings together different elements that together form a new creation. When I take a man and a woman and I marry them, then a whole new chain of human beings um, descends from them. So the, the Akarish Baruch Hu is not seen in the actual um, mechanics of this world, but in the coincidence, in, 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 the, in where two events come together to produce a remarkable third result. That's where I perceive Akarish Baruch Hu. That's the that is what Akash Baruch Hu is doing within this world. So we have a third world. We have the world of Teva, self-sustaining, no nothing new happening. We have the world of Nais, which is really a world outside of our world, and it 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 it's 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 an occasional intrusion to our world override in our world, that's all Hashem, but it never ever becomes part of our world. And then we have a world of coincidence, where things come together, two different, two different pathways cross, and w- the result is much greater than any one of them. The Pasuk calls that Mikra. Here you have Rus and Naomi, and here you have Boaz. And the two paths cross, and, and, and something completely new happens in that connection. So that's called Mikra, Vayika Mikra, Kloma, Ein Mikra Iver. There are no blind coincidences. Something leads one to the other. Big events certainly are are coincidences. Things they come in a time and in a frame and a, and a context that allows for something new to happen. Anvayika Mikra says Chazal say Melamed Shamalacholicha. The Malach brought it there, like it says Vikel Kimel below. Mikra is. Um, is a pchin of malachim. In other words, it's not Hashem as only Hashem, like a nace would be, but it is um, something bigger than the than the separate, discrete elements in this world bringing it together. And then he adds a um, another point about. What happens here? What a mikra is, is the equivalent of a catalyst in a physical world. A catalyst deals with chemical reactions that are, um, that happen because they happen. Uh, the, the catalyst does not cause the reaction per se, but he greatly, greatly speeds up the reaction. And that's why um, a mikra is something where the process itself is natural, but 
its acceleration and happening so quickly and rapidly is because of this mikra. Um, and he says, and that's why Eliezer, Ever Avram was mispalal, make it happen today. In other words, he wanted the process of finding a zivuk, and and this this is this is so rich. The the hakrinah, the first hakrin on the Torah is used for a particular event that would have a boy and a girl meet. Rivka and, and Yitzchak would meet through this. And he calls that Hakrina, and what he wanted is that the event should happen much more rapidly. I don't want to sit here for months fishing around for shidduch and talking and so on and so forth. Hurry it up. And that's called Hikrina Fana Yahim. Um and Boaz were very, very far apart. They really were in two different worlds. He was the top of, of society, she was the bottom rung of society. Um he he had stayed the course and it was Yotzitka, she was from Moab and coming back from a husband who had left all of that. And in order for the star of David to arise, that process of the two meeting had to be hurried up. And especially it was Boaz's last day when he married her, and that was the child he had. That's the Vayikr. Saving us a common Mikr Shishtal Zechazer and Vikitsuras Amerchak. The first Mikra is Rus, that came immediately to the, to, to the field of Boaz. And the second Mikra was Boaz. In the Pasuk it says, Boaz And behold, Boaz happened to come from, from, from Beis Lechem. The word Vihine um, in Lashon Kodesh, and as translated, behold, is sort of a surprise. Hey, guess who's here? Behold, Vihine. It's it's like it's it's a it's a statement of astonishment. And guess who happened to be here? Boaz was an old person. He was a shofet. He was a busy person. It was not usual for him to be around and to sort of check in on the fields. The word vehine is stressing that something new is happening. I guess. It was not natural for him to come at that time. And behold, he came. And that, that fomented the meeting of Rus and Boaz, without which you would never have had the whole, this, the, 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 um, the meeting and the, and the eventual uh, you know, get marriage and so on and so forth. So let's sum up the points that we've seen um, in, in, in this year. The first thing we spoke about was the, 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 one of the strong midas that we saw in Rus was the desire to take only from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is a very, very fundamental, um, a, a very fundamental uh, character trait of royalty, leadership, that 
I don't want to be beholden to people because if I am beholden to people, I don't make decisions based on leading the people, but I'm being led by the people. Um, a demonstration where this came into play. Um, Shoal, the Gemara says, Shoal had, in absolute sense, less Averis than David. But Shoal was deposed as monarch, and, and David was the Melch Yisrael. And the reason given is because the type of sin that Shoal um, fell was he 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 couldn't take the fact that people were fidgety. He had come to this place, people were antsy, and he gave in to the people. Um, he, he they told him they want to take the the, the, the money by Gog and they went and, they, and and so on. He said, okay, if he is not capable of imposing leadership on the people, he's not a leader. And he could be a good person. He's a tzaddik. He might be a bigger tzaddik, so to speak, than David. But he's not a Melch Yisrael. David might have had shortcomings that the, that 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 the Navi is pointing out. But one thing is clear: that he is um, he's leading. So the first point is not taken from people, not being beholden, is a mark of leadership. The second point is not losing yourself. Um, you're in the most stressful situations, more than stressful, I would say unnerving, disorienting. You're you're in a complete whirlpool, new country, new people, new destiny, um, reversal of fortune. Everything that could possibly go wrong is wrong. But you are in control. This is a certain uh, 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 being king over yourself. So yes, everything is flying all over the place. Nothing is 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 good, and yet you are totally in control because that's what a king is. And finally, we have the point about the mikra, which is that a, um, it, a, a, a there are three ways in which Hakadosh Baruch Hu manifests himself in the world. One is through creation, and that has been already. And we keep thinking about it when we see the perfection of things that retain their 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 the laws of nature and and they you know they keep going eternally and so on. That's one uh, you know hashgacha. That's something that we can that we see. The second thing is the nace, which is a world that is a universe that is totally Hashem and Hashem's will. But the one that's most crucial for us is this world of Mikra, where we see things coincide within this world. This is similar to the process of a um, of 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 zivug of a man and a woman. It's it's sort of coming from out there, and all of a sudden, with two two flows. Two, two natural process intersect and something new arises and that coincidence and two separate events coming together to produce a third event is the is the Chiddush um, of Vayikar and in many ways that's the most important uh, element in recognizing Kodesh Baruch Hu. Uh, it, only a, a, I mean a, you have to be total shaita not to recognize a Kodesh Baruch Hu in in the world of Nase, the world of Bria Sa'olam 
is something that is is also recognizing Hashem in the world of coincidence of mikra that takes a person with true insight to recognize Hashem and so on. Okay, we'll hold it.